0: Well, this morning we're going to continue our series we've been we've been asking what does god think and uh, about certain things and this morning we're going to look at a, a, an, another area that uh that i think is, is very important and, and it's one that we talk about a lot and so uh we're going to look at that and we're do, we're going to See what we're going to see what Jesus did. We're going to look at faith for a few minutes this morning, and we're going to talk. We're going to get a heavenly perspective. We've got an earthly perspective about what faith is and how faith works, and sometimes what we think is faith is not faith, and how we think it works is not how it works. Y'all ever, y'all ever realize that? You ever been in a situation where you're you didn't have a lot of faith, and what you thought was going to happen didn't happen. Okay. We we need a heavenly perspective. We need to we need to understand uh, what really faith is. And 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 faith is is one of probably the least understood words in our vocabulary as Christians. We all use it, right? I mean we we know how to spell it, we know how to we know how to talk about it, we can take you to verses in scripture, but uh, we all need to understand it. And we need to understand it in more than an intellectual sense. Because if all we understand it is up here, then we'll struggle probably to practice it. And most of us from time to time struggle to practically walk faith out. We can we can give you a definition, but we can't always call it up when we need it. Some some of us at times live in what might be described a kind of ebb and flow of almost but not enough. We're We're almost where we think we should be, but then we're not. And and and, and some of us uh, have little or no understanding really what biblical faith really is. We, we know what we think faith is, but it doesn't always work like we thought it would. Yet faith is essential in our relationship with God. It's, it's essential. I can't, can't stress that enough. There has to be faith. So therefore it's got to be important to God. It's interesting what the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews eleven six. He says, And without faith it's impossible to please God, to please him, and him is God. For he or she who comes to God must believe that God is, and that God is a rewarder of those who seek him. In other words, without faith we can't please God. We we, we can't we can't be acceptable. Now listen to me, we don't work to be acceptable to God. Faith doesn't come from work, okay? I'm going to say that up front, I'll explain that in a minute. But if we don't have faith, we cannot please God. He will not be pleased with us. And and so this morning it's important that we all understand it because without it we can't please God and we can't make ourselves acceptable to God because as Paul puts it, we all fall short of the glory of God. I mean, the older I get the more I understand that verse. Try hard as I might, I always fall short. It's the picture of of shooting a a bow and an arrow at a target. That's literally what the word uh, pictures. That's the way the Hebrews would have understood this. The Greeks would have understood this. And it's, it's pulling back that bow as hard as I can and shooting it as far as I can and every time the arrow falls short of the target. Does anybody else understand what I'm talking about here? Ever feel that way? I'm just coming up short. Now I know what some of you are thinking right now. You know what, can't I just will my will to believe better? In other words, if I believe the right things, won't it be okay? And if I try a little harder and just and just concentrate a little bit more and elevate my faith level, won't that be enough? Or there are others that say, you know what, if I say it enough, won't I eventually believe it? listen, neither one of those things work. And none of those things are biblical faith, which by the way is the only kind of faith that pleases God. So it's important that we understand what kind of faith God's talking about and so that we can define it and understand it and therefore please Him and understand how Jesus responded to it. Now there's a simple definition for faith. If I ask you what is faith? What what are two words maybe, or one word that you would use to define it. Trust, believe. Those are good assurances. Now there's another one that, that entered in there. But most of us would say trust or belief. And that's exactly true. It means a simple definition is to believe, but to simply believe the right thing as true does not mean that we have faith. Okay? I can believe the facts. I can have intellectual faith. I can know that these things are true, but somehow knowing those things are true doesn't always change me. How many of you know that God will provide whatever you need? Okay? How many of you live like that 365 days a year? How many of you panic every once in a while? Listen, all of us do. We struggle with that. We struggle to, to take that belief and let it become an assurance, a conviction. It's interesting, James says this, he says, he says you believe that God is one. In other words, there's one God. You believe that. And then he says this, you do well. The demons believe that as well. But, 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 but wait a minute, God. I, I believe, That's the right thing. Yeah, well, they believe the right thing, but here's the reality about them. It's doing them no good. They were in the very presence of God as angelic beings. They knew who God was. They know there is a God. They know how powerful He is, and yet they did not place their trust in Him, and they failed. What James is saying is intellectual belief or intellectual faith is not enough. The demons know there's a God. But you know what? They don't worship Him. They don't obey Him. They don't follow Him unless they have to obey Him. They know about God, yet they don't really know God. You see, faith is more than knowing facts. Faith is knowing the person. It's, it's relationship. That's really what it is. Look, they know intellectually what God desires or what He promises, but the demons don't do what God desires. Those fallen angels don't don't uh, walk out His promises. I believe you know, I've talked to a lot of people in my 30 or so years of ministry and uh, inevitably if, if I ask them do you know Jesus? I've learned not to ask that question. There are other ways to ask the question uh, that won't get this answer. It'll get the real answer. But if I ask somebody, do you know Jesus? Oh yeah, I know Jesus. I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. But then they don't do anything that either of them require. Listen, faith is, is more than believing the right things. The right things are important. Okay? But it's more than believing the right things. We are called to put our faith not just in promises, but in a person. Because, listen, if I promised everybody in here this morning that you could go tomorrow to your bank and you could withdraw $100,000 because I had put it in your bank account, how many of you would go? Cynthia will. (laughs) By faith. (laughs) Well here's the deal. I don't have $100,000 much less that many $100,000. And uh, so my promise to you is not credible. Because as a person I can't back that promise up. Listen, the promises that Jesus makes are credible because as a person he can back them up. We put our faith in the person of Jesus Christ. And once we put our faith in the right place, we begin to walk out his promises, which is a is a another level of faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 gives us a, a basic kind of bare bones biblical definition of faith. It says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. That's what John said a minute ago, the assurance of things hoped for. And the conviction of things not seen. I'll be honest with you, you could study this verse for a lifetime and probably not plumb the depths, all right? Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. Faith is living in a hope that is so real that it gives absolute assurance. Absolute assurance is a settled resolve. You know what? I know that I know God will do this. I know that God will do this because God said this. And, and I'm okay with it. You believe what God says, you base your life on what He's promised, and even if they are future you live in them as though they were now. Yeah, but pastor, you, you don't understand. No, I understand. Okay, I'm just, I'm just, I understand where you're at because I'm there as well sometimes. But if I'm truly living in faith, I believe what God says. I base my decisions and my life on the promises He's made. And even if I don't see those promises coming true in in reality in my moment, I live as though they are coming true. You say, "Well, you know what? You're just, you're just living in a fairy tale." No, you can call it a fairy tale. I call it faith. All right? God is true. God never lies. And if we would settle that, then faith becomes easier to walk out. God never lies. Faith is not hope so, faith is not a gamble. There's no leap of faith. Okay? God doesn't call us to leap. It's, it's not living by chance. Faith is absolute assurance that God will do what God says He will do and that you and I can do what God says we can do. The problem there is, is that we don't really believe that. Okay? I'm just going to be straight up honest with you. If we struggle with that it's because we don't really believe. We don't really believe God is as good as He is. Folks, beyond whatever you can believe, God is better. Okay? He's better. Faith is, is more than just believing. It's activating. It's acting out with certainty what God's promised. If God says He will do it, He will do it. Now, do you really believe that? Because if you do, it changes the way that you you live. It changes the way that you act. And, and, and if you don't, you know what? You'll talk a lot about His promises. I hear people all the time talk about the promises of God, but they're not walking those promises out. And if we don't walk them out, we will never see them fulfilled in our life. Assurance is a settled, inward knowing. I One of the things that, that always grasps my heart is when I read about the testimony, uh, testimonies of people throughout the history of the church who have been martyred for their faith and how calmly and how bravely they faced death. Some of them were beheaded, some of them were crucified, some of them were, were, were burned at the stake. Today some of them are, are literally their heads are cut off, they're shot at point blank range, and yet they will not deny Christ. I, I, I read in 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 in, uh, in in the church tradition, in church writings, we don't know this for sure, but it seems to indicate that uh, that eleven of the twelve apostles all died violent deaths. John is the only one that did not die a violent death, and he he was sentenced to a a prison island after the age of 90. And so he was, he was busting rocks, basically, working in the mines. And, and so uh, at, at, imagine at the age of 90 you're, 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 you're made to bust rocks, chained to a, another prisoner and work in the mine. But they died violent deaths. Why would men do that? Why would women do that? Why would, 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 would families watch their children slain before their eyes and yet not renounce their faith in Jesus Christ? because it was real. Okay? You can get people to believe a lie, but most people won't die for a lie. Okay? Most people won't. And so it's a settled inward knowing, but that's only half the definition. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. But then listen to what it says. The conviction of things not seen. Faith is also a conviction. We live out and we manifest our convictions. We act on what we believe, right? What we do is what we believe, right or wrong. What we believe is what we do. And everything else that we talk about is kind of cheap talk. Conviction implies that there is an outward manifestation; that there's a there's a willful act or a choice that that goes along with it. it. It's based on an inward assurance that we hold, and therefore, because of that inward assurance, we act it out. We are convicted to act. We make a choice of our will. It's interesting in, in Romans chapter six and seven, Paul teach is is teaching the people. Uh, that he's writing to in Rome, the church there in Rome, how to change their lifestyles, how to how to implement a walk of faith. And the first thing he says is you've got to believe the right things. You've got to know it. And then he tells them to reckon. And to reckon means to make the right choices. So if I don't know the right things, I won't make the right choices. But if I know the right things and I don't choose to make the right choice, it still doesn't help me. I've got to think right, I've got to make the right choices, and then what happens is I will act right. The same is true about faith. I have to understand what faith is, and then I have to make a choice. And that's what conviction is, a choice to step out into what I know. Because if I'm not willing to step out into it, I'm not really assured of it. And if I'm not assured of it, then I don't really believe it. Amen? You say, Nelson, I feel like you're trying to lead me down into a corner. I'm not. I'm just being rational here. If I believe it, I'll step out in it. And so if faith is a conviction. It's, it's a willful act or a willful choice based on that assurance that we hold. When we hear God speak, we have a promise from God, Right? When God speaks out of his word, we have a a clear promise. Listen, but faith doesn't happen until I step out into that promise. I can carry a hundred Bible verses around in my head, but if I never flesh them out, they don't help me. You say, Nelson, hush your mouth. Listen, the word says don't just be hearers of the word, it says be doers of the word. And so to to actually step out in faith I've got to put that promise into action. Listen, it's not faith until I respond in obedience. Do you remember the the night that, that Jesus, he, they, were, they had fed the 5,000, Jesus takes His disciples up to the mountain, or he, he actually He puts them in a boat, He sends them back across uh, the Sea of Galilee, He goes up on the mountain and the storm comes up, they're, they're about to perish, it, it's, it's pretty bad out there, and all of a sudden, guess who comes walking across the water? Jesus. And Peter says, Lord, Command me to come to you. And Jesus just says one word, come. Now, what's Peter do? He can talk about faith and he can talk about all that stuff, but now he's got to do what? He's got to crawl out over the edge of the boat, step onto the water, let go of the boat, and walk, right? Until he does that, it's not not enough to to hang on to the side of the boat. He's got to let go of it. And that's what he does. And what happens? He walks to Jesus. You say, "How how do we know he walked to Jesus? Because when he took his eyes off Jesus, Jesus just reached out. It doesn't say Jesus ran over to save him and gave him CPR. It just says he reached out. So Peter walked on water, right? Okay. But he didn't do it until he obeyed the word that he had heard. Lord, command me to come. Come. Boom. If he's giving me permission I must be able to do it. Well that's enough to know. I think I'll sit down and be quiet. But that's not what he did. He steps out. And, folks, his, he doesn't sink. And he walks. He begins to walk. And, folks, what, what I'm ta- saying is it's not enough to know the promise of God, to hear the promise of God, to think that the promises of God are good and they will come true. I have to put that into play, I have to obey. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and and, and deal with their sin and pray... I will heal my land. It's not enough to quote that verse every Sunday morning and, and, and pray. we got to deal with our sin, right? That's what God is saying. If we'll humble ourselves, there are, there are conditions to the promise. But unless I put those conditions into play and step out in them, I won't see God heal, forgive our sins, heal us, and heal our land. There are a hundred thousand other promises just like that. Faith is hearing God speak and obeying what God says. A man or a woman of faith commits their lives to the promise and the truth of what God says in their mind and their spirit. They're convinced that those things are true and then they step out on them. Genuine faith is knowing that I know and then acting on it. Anything less is not faith. I want you to hear me here. I don't want you to miss this. Faith is not something we work up. Please don't, please don't miss this. Faith is a supernatural gift that God gives us. We don't create faith in ourselves, we don't use our willpower to increase our faith level. We don't say something a hundred times and convince ourselves it's true. That's not faith. Faith is a supernatural gift of God. God gives us faith. We don't find God on our own. How many of you realize that? We we don't look for God. God came looking for us. We don't comprehend the truth of God on our own. We don't even get saved on our own. God gives us the faith to comprehend Him, to know He's there. He gives us the faith then to believe Him. And guess what? We have a choice whether we exercise that faith or not. I can say, nope, not interested. Or I can say, oh, God help me. I believe you are who you say you are. I believe Jesus did what He you say he did. And what happens? Boom. Faith comes from what? Hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And when we hear it and we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, we act. What happens? A person is saved. They are brought to faith in Jesus Christ. They are born again. But that's not where faith ends. God gives that amount of faith to us but then He gives us more faith as is needed. He gives us faith to recognize Him. He gives us faith to believe the truth about Him. Listen to what Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9 says, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God not a result of works that one should boast. Faith is given to us as a gift. Romans 12 the latter part of verse 3 tells us that God has allotted to each of us a measure of Faith. Peter even says, and, and as he writes to, to the people that he's writing to in 2 Peter verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 1, he says, who, he he says to them, You are the ones who have received a faith of the same kind as ours by by the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. He doesn't say you be- you believed and you worked this stuff up. He said no, you received it. You were given this faith. So faith is given to us as a gift by God. We have all we need, listen to me, we have all the faith we need at the moment He gives it to do whatever He desires us to do. If we need more, guess what? God will increase our faith. The problem is we usually don't put any demands on the faith God has already given us. We we don't step out in what we have, because we think we need more. Do you think God would give you less than you need for whatever situation you're in? Listen, God will not increase our faith more unless we are willing to step out in what He has given us at that moment. See, faith... I hear people talk about this and, and, and well, we need to pray for more faith. I don't find that in scripture. Here's what I do find in scripture. We can ask God to help our unbelief. Because if we're most of the time when we pray for more faith, it's because we are too afraid to step out into the faith that step out into the place that we're at with the faith that God has given us. Fear and faith cannot exist simultaneously in the same place. I will either step out in faith or I will be fearful. If I am fearful, I will not step out in faith. If I am filled with faith and I am willing to to step out in it, then fear will be left behind. Doesn't mean I won't be a little anxious, okay? I'm not going to lie to you. There will be some anxiety. There will be some pulling. But you know what? I have to make a decision. I I know the truth. I have to make a choice of the will. And when I make that choice of the will, guess what? My body that's filled with all kind of turmoil will follow. Even though it's in in, in, in fear sometimes and trembling that I step out with anxiety. But if we don't put any demands on it, do we really have faith? Do we really have it? See, praying for more faith—not the answer. Stepping out in more in out in the faith that we have brings more faith at that moment. I mentioned that we can ask God to help our unbelief, and He will certainly help us. There's proof of that throughout Scripture. The 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 incident I've chosen is the one where Jesus comes down with Peter, James, and John. He comes off the the mount of, where he's been transfigured, and there's a crowd around the rest of the disciples. Huge crowd. And there's something going on. He walks up and there's a man there, a father, that's brought his son who is demonized. And, and the disciples have done everything they know to do. And nothing's happening. Okay? They've expended their faith. All right? and And they don't know what else to do i mean they they've they've done everything they remember jesus doing i mean i- am just i'm just this is just my imagination, but they've spit in the mud, they rubbed it on the boy, they've waved their hands over his head they've they've spoken in 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 you know Greek and Hebrew and everything they've done everything they know to do in Jesus name, and nothing's happening and Jesus meets this group, and he asks the father, he says, how long has this been going on? And in, in, in Mark chapter 9, verse 21, he says, And the boy's father said, from childhood, and it has often thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. And then he says this, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can course I think he said it like this, if you can then listen to what he says, all things are possible to who him who believes to him who has faith, to him who trusts to him who has assurance and conviction immediately the, the boy's father cried out and began saying, I do believe, help my unbelief. Perhaps if we would just confess our unbelief in the promises of God and in the revelation of who God is and what God says He can do, rather than pray hollow prayers asking for more faith, you know what? God might just move. See, I'm praying for the wrong thing. I don't pray for more faith. I step out with the faith I have. Yeah, but Nelson, that'll take you out to the end of the rope, the end of the limb. What are you going to do when the limb gives way? Well, I'm going to wait for God to give me some more faith. All right? That's that's what I'm saying. I'm going to trust God. The father in this story got it. He was desperate, and in his desperation, he acknowledged his own unfaithfulness, but he also stepped out in the itty-bitty, minuscule amount of faith he had. See, it's not how much faith we have that changes things. It's who we have placed our faith in. I don't have, to have, I don't have to have faith dripping off of me. All I've got to have is my little bit of faith laser focused on Jesus. It's Jesus or nothing. There is no other plan. In other words, I, I can't have a plan B, plan C, plan C. What happens if God, if, if God doesn't come through? Well, if God doesn't come through, I'm done. That's, that's, that's where this guy was at he had done everything he, i mean he had brought the, this boy to the to the the apostles of jesus the disciples who were doing signs and wonders left and right he he had expended his options and he takes the little faith that he has after he's rebuked and he said okay i don't have enough faith help my faithlessness can you help me Will you help me? i trust you. And Jesus acts. If you read the rest of the story, he casts this spirit out, and the spirit's gone. He steps out in that little bit of faith that he had, and Jesus acted. Listen, again I say this, it's not the amount of faith that we have, but the object or the person that we put our faith into that matters. Listen. If all you want is to feel more assured before you step out, you will never step out, and that's where most Christians are. I want to see it before I believe it. See, seeing is believing is not of the part. Of, is not a part of the economy of God. God says, "Believe it, and you will see it." That's what faith is. Faith is is believing it and then stepping into it and actually seeing it. Several times in the gospel, Jesus spoke these words when he uh, was healing a person. He says, your faith has saved you. It's, in other words, your faith has made you well. We see that in Luke chapter 18, verse 42. We see it again in Luke 750. It was not the amount of faith that that person possessed, but rather the individual that they placed their faith in. They'd not work themselves up to a point where Jesus was required by faith to heal them. I want you' all to understand that. they didn't come with so much that Jesus had to heal them. I know sometimes it looks that way. What about the woman who reaches out and touches him? Listen, her faith made her well, but it was not her faith that saved her and made her well. All right? It was who her faith was in. She could have had enough faith to to move mountains and touched Peter, and guess what would have happened? She would have just got cloth on her fingers. But she sets her focus on Jesus. If I can just touch him. He's the one that, that everybody's talking about. He's the one that, that he may be the, the, the Messiah. He may be the one that scripture is talked about. If I can just touch him. And that's what she goes after. He does the same thing to the guy who's paralyzed, that the friends let him down through the roof. Remember that story? All of us learned it in Sunday school. But Scripture says seeing their faith. Now he didn't heal the man because they had reached the saturation, the maturation point of faith. He healed them because they had put their faith in him. See, we we get all of this stuff discombobulated. That's a word uh, 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 some, some people I know used to use long years ago. He acted on their faith, but not their faith as a, as a static object, but their faith in Him because they believed the promises of God. They believed that Jesus was who he claimed to be and they acted on it. Faith, I'm going to say it again, is belief in action. It's not claiming to believe something, but refusing to get up off of our postures and do anything. Okay? If we don't do anything, faith does not manifest it's not there it 's absent. We have to take hold of it. We have to reach out sometimes and step out into a place we can't see but we in a place we've never been, and we have to act on something that I have yet to see, but I believe God will do there is a a a, 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 a few moments in a in a in a movie that that's called the last crusade it 's an Indiana Jones film okay now, uh, Indiana Jones is an archaeologist. He goes after all these things. There's three or four different uh, films. But in this particular one, he's seeking out the Holy Grail. The Holy Grail is this mystical cup that Je- Jesus is supposedly, uh, he, that he supposedly drank from. And there's all these crazy beliefs about it. But in this movie, his father has, has spent his lifetime tracking this cup, searching for this cup. And he, he, is, he has compiled a little book. And in this book, he has all the things that he's learned until literally when he, he's found that when you get to a certain place, these are the things you have to do. And if you will do them, you will find the grail. You will find the cup. Now, he's fallen sick. He, I mean, he, he's struck down. He can't, he can't go any further. He gives the book to his son. And I want I'm, uh, Tom's going to show us this this little clip. We're going to look at this, but this is a for me. This is a visualization of what real faith is. And then I'll, I'll make some statements about it. But we're going to look at this clip right now. Now, did the fact that he stepped out make the stone bridge appear, or was the stone bridge already there? Stone Bridge was already there. It's not our faith that makes God act. It's our faith that reveals God, that God has already acted. That He's already put what we needed in place. But we will never see it until we step out. You say, well, brother, I want to see people healed. Well, you know what? You will never see anybody healed when you pray for somebody. Until you take a I almost said a chance. It's not a chance. But until you take that step, you say, well brother, I want to I wanna see people come to Christ. Well until you share the gospel with somebody, yeah, but you don't understand how afraid I am. Okay, you can live in fear or you can take a step of faith. Well brother, I don't know exactly what to say. Just open your mouth. If you'll open your mouth God will bring something out. I'm telling you. I could, I could name a hundred other things when it comes to faith. He steps out. Indiana Jones steps out because he believes what his father has given him. He believes that his father believes it and if he's given him this book he wouldn't have given him this book if it was going to destroy him. So he acts in faith on what he has before him. And the bridge appears. What happens is our faith exposes our trust. It exposes our dependence on God and it exposes our our faith and our trust and our dependence on His promises. God's promises are real. They're already in place. Everything you and I need for what God has given us to do are already there. There's nothing He has to put in place. They're there when God took the people of Israel to the promised land, everything was there. Except what? Them. They went right up to the border. Looked in. Couldn't see any of it. All they could see was Anakim and the giants. See, that's us. Everything we need is, for godly living has already been given to us. That's what Scripture says. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. He can see the bridge. He knows the words to say in whatever situation we're in. He knows what prayer to pray or what what declaration to make. He knows all of that stuff, but we don't have enough faith in God to trust God in us. And so we don't step out. Listen, faith is acting and, and, and hearing what God says and acting on what we've heard. It's not seeing, it's believing. Seeing and believing will not work. You will never have the promises of God if you have to see them first. All right? I'm, I'm just, that's Scripture. I have to believe them first to see them. By acknowledging God's promises... And acting on them we demonstrate our belief in the truthfulness the veracity of God and his word. That's why when James writes his book he says things like this. I'm going to I'm going to quote James chapter 2 verse 14 verse 17 and verse 26. Many of the early uh, church fathers they they didn't think the book of James fit in the Bible. James seemed to be talking about the opposite of what everybody else was talking about. But what James was doing is, James was bringing balance. He was he was letting us see that faith is not just assurance. Faith is also conviction. It's acting out. And he says this in James chapter 2 verse 14. He says, "What use is it, my brethren, if a man says he has faith, but he has no works?" In other words, he talks about all the things he believes God can do, but he is doing nothing and enjoying none of them. That's what he's saying. He he, he says can fa- that faith save him? Can that faith deliver him? We read that and we have save in our mind and and, and we believe that that means bringing us to faith in Jesus Christ. It means more than that. Can it deliver him in whatever situation he's in? Then in verse 17, Even so faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. And then in verse 26 he says this, For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. In other words, there's a difference between a body whose spirit and soul have left. Every one of us know the difference. We can see it. The same is true about faith and works. About actually believing it and then acting it out. You see, Jesus acted in faith. He acted on the revealed promises of God. He had listened to what his father was saying and what he was doing and Jesus obeyed it. And he replicated what his father was doing. His journey I don't think many of us think about this but his journey from the throne in heaven to that that cross on earth were acts of faith. Okay? He believed that God meant what God had said. And so he acted on it. He gave up everything to become one of us, so that he could die. How could he do that? Faith in God's word. He believed it. He believed the promises. He believed exactly what God had said, and so he obeyed. Peter, uh, Paul says this in Philippians chapter two, verse five through eight. Have this attitude. Have this mindset in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who though uh, he existed in the form of God. That's just, uh, that's just a, a, a very specific way of saying he was God. He was God. But he didn't regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. In other words, he didn't have to hold on to it. He trusted the Father enough to, to let go of that, to grab hold of what the Father wanted to do. He says, but he emptied himself. He, he laid aside his God attributes. He didn't leave them in heaven. He didn't lose them. He just chose not to use them. And he took the form of a bondservant. He took the form of a human being. And being made in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. The faith of Jesus rested in the Old Testament promises that God had made. That's what he walked in. He he knew the promise from Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 that that he knew what the seed of the woman was. He was the seed of the woman. He knew that. He, 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 he knew the messianic promises that were throughout Isaiah. And so what he does is he acts on his faith in God's promises and he was totally obedient every time. In Hebrews chapter 5 verse 8 it says, Although he was a son, he was the son of God, he was God. He learned obedience from the things which he suffered. He obeyed. He obeyed. He learned to walk in faith. Jesus suffered the passion of the cross because he understood the perfect promise of God. And he was willing to act according to his faith in God. And all Jesus asks us to do is to believe his promise and do likewise, to act in it. One of the most sobering verses in all of the New Testament is found in Luke chapter 18 verse 8. And it's as though Jesus, when I read this, I, I, I kind of imagine Jesus is thinking out loud and, and they get to hear what he's thinking out loud. And he says this, however, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? That pierces my heart every time I read it. Jesus exemplifies exemplified the kind of faith he expected us to walk in. He heard God speak, okay? None of us will deny that. He heard God speak and he obeyed. And you know what happened? Amazing things took place. He saw God working in people, so he he did in the natural what he saw God doing in the spirit realm. And you know what happened? Blind eyes got opened. Deaf ears heard. The mute began to speak. Demons were cast out. Lepers were given back uh, new skin. The paralyzed began to jump and to run, and the dead were raised. Jesus heard God speak, and he stepped out in complete faith. Because he knew God would accomplish exactly what his word declared. He knew that not one dot, period, or dash one iota would be missed, that he would accomplish all of it. And he knew that what the Holy Spirit brought to his mind, which he had heard or seen spoken in the spirit realm, he knew that the Holy Spirit would bring them into the natural realm in a supernatural way. That's the kind of faith, folks, that not only saves a person, That's the kind of person that translates us into the kingdom of light, that takes us into that place where we walk out kingdom principles. We begin to live the way Jesus intended for us to live. Jesus didn't just come to die on a cross to save us. He came to give us a relationship back with the Father so that we could be sons and daughters of the King. And if we're going to be daughters and and sons of the King, we need to learn how to live Like sons and daughters live. Sons and daughters don't worry about where their next meal's coming from. They're going to eat at the king's table. They're not worried about who's going to pay their bills. They live in the king's house. Everything they own belongs to the king. They they don't worry about, well, man, what's going to happen to me at work? What if that person is ugly with me? Okay. Jesus said, love your enemies. See, there's a way to live that is lived through faith. But if we don't know the promises and we don't step out in them, guess what? We won't live supernaturally. We'll live naturally. We're, we'll, we'll be like, we'll be like. How many of you? When you, this is an old old book. It's called The Prince and the Pauper. Any of you ever heard of it? Okay, I'm feeling really old now. Anyway, there was a prince who swapped places with a pauper. They looked, you know, they were just, I don't remember all of it. But basically, the king had to learn to live a different way. And yet he was the king. See, we, we, we refuse to swap places with where we have been given life. We have been translated into a different place. You say, yeah, but the scenery don't change. It don't until you start walking in faith. It'll remain the same until you begin to put the principles of the kingdom into place in your life, and then it will change. You say, well, "You mean I'm going to live in a big house, drive a big car?" That's not kingdom. That's I'm not going to say what that is. That's uh, it. Almost slipped right out there. Okay, that's uh, junk. Okay. Jesus said, if we would do what He says and we would live in in what He promises, that that we would do the things that everybody else says is impossible. Listen, I I may be talking to somebody this morning that that you're you're not concerned so much about seeing God do a miracle in somebody else's life. Right now, you need a miracle in your life. Okay? And if that's you, I understand that. I understand that. What I'm saying is you've got to begin to take steps in what God has promised you. You can't... Don't believe what everybody else has told you. Believe what you have seen in the Word of God. Don't explain it away because your experience is not what God says. Let your experience rise to what God says. If we live at our experience level, we will never walk in faith. Okay? Okay? But if we'll believe what God says and refuse to take less than that and reach out and grab hold of it, things will change. Physical things will happen in our bodies. Emotional things will happen in our bodies, in our mind. Uh, uh, things in our mind will change. Our homes will change. Our communities will change. Our nation might even change if enough of us do that. It's not going to change based on Republican or Democrat, okay? It's not. We're 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 200 and what? 50 years into this experiment. Okay? It's good. It's the best that there is, but it's not the kingdom and it's getting worse and worse. If we just start living like the citizens of, of of the kingdom are supposed to live. Yeah, but Nelson, we'll live that way when we get to heaven. I don't know if you will or not. Because you didn't learn how to do it here. That's what here is for. And besides that, abundant life begins here. So we start to walk this out. We start to to take those steps. Sometimes I put my feet in places, you know what, I don't see any way out of. I don't, I don't see the bridge, but I have to take a step. And when that, I take that step, God gives me more faith to take another step and another step and another step. But until I take that step and I'm willing to take another one, he's not going to give me anything. Y'all understand what I'm talking about? Am i just preaching to the wood walls this morning. I'm telling you, you're not going to get all of it and then do it. It's given as needed. Alright? Now, you may be a person whom God has given you a plan for your life. And you know exactly what's going to happen and that's not what He's done with me. He gives me information as needed on a daily basis. In other words, most days I don't have a clue what we're doing. All right? I know some of you wished I did, but I don't. And as I say, yes, Lord, and do the last thing he gave me to do, then he gives me something new. For me, that's walking in faith. And if I will respond to what he shows me, he will do what he wants to do through me. And if I don't, he won't. That's just the way it works. That's how faith works faith is the highway. Listen, God God wants to bring heaven to earth. And and by that I don't I don't mean he wants this place to all of a sudden become heaven. Because he he's going to deal with this place. And he's going to redo and remake and 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 deal with the sinful part of it. But here's what he told the disciples. Here's how I want you to pray. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He wants us to be little islands of heaven wherever we go. And he's chosen for some reason to use faith as the highway that he transports his goodness from heaven to earth on so that we can affect people, so that, that grace can be poured out. And guys, unless we walk in faith, that does not happen. It doesn't happen. It's not enough to have faith to be saved. I also have to have enough faith to walk my salvation out. Remember what James says? There's got to be faith and works. There's got to be action. you got to put feet on your faith. If it's real, it will walk. If it's not, it will talk. All right? Talk's cheap. The time has come for us as a people to begin to walk it out. But pastor, I'm afraid this will happen. I'm afraid that will happen. I'm afraid this will happen. You know what? You're not even close to faith because there's fear there. You don't believe God can keep you and care for you and take care of you. Yeah, but pastor, you don't know what? Listen, I don't know, okay? And I'm not making light of what your issue is, but if your issue is bigger than your God, you will never walk in faith. All right? He is either the God who can do the impossible or he's not. It comes down to what we believe and what we put into practice. Not what we believe. It's not enough to have just right beliefs. The Pharisees believed right. Okay? They believed the Word of God, but they didn't practice it. Throughout the centuries, there have been those who believed right, but they didn't practice it. Today, the church has right belief all over the place, but the church is not affecting the world that we live in like it should. Why? Because we're not living what we believe out. We can't dig holes and put up walls and, and, and head to the mountains or whatever the other place there is to hide from. We have to step out into the battlefield. And we have to be salt and light. And the only way we can do that is through faith. We have to do what God has called us to do. It has to be a conviction an assurance and a conviction. It has to be something I believe and something I act on. The sign this week says faith is hearing God and obeying. If you're not hearing God there's a problem. Okay? You're going to have to deal with that problem. It may mean that you need to clean fear out of your ears. Okay? It may mean that you have to flush the plumbing system a little bit and get fear out of you so that you can hear Him in faith. And then when you hear Him, all He wants you to do is obey. It's His responsibility to do the stuff. Y'all know what I'm saying? It's His responsibility to to heal that sick person. It's His responsibility to move the circumstance or the obstacle that's in your path. It's His responsibility to, to change the way that person thinks or to deal with that person's heart. Our job is to step out in the promise that He's given us. Nothing else gets done until I make that choice to step. Until I place my foot out there so that my foot exposes what God has already put in place for me. Let's pray. For more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Eagles Church. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.